0: you continue to see these legal details that flesh out the law code uh, that would uh, be known as the law of Moses, even though it was not Moses' law, but simply given to him as God's intermediary and emissary. Uh, In those chapters, they, they engage in the actual construction of the mobile worship site, the tabernacle, which is the Hebrew word for tent, Uh, that would be used uh, for the next 40 years in their uh, aimless meandering through the desert. We enter into Leviticus. We're at the same location, same time frame. Here is a a book that's intended to be the manual for the priestly tribe of Levi. What a powerful book. Frank has done a tremendous job on occasion treating us to the contents of this book. I would suggest to you that perhaps Forms of which are used at least 90 times, maybe more, translated in our English versions by a variety of words, primarily sanctified and holy. Those are the same word in the original. Would have been nice, I suppose, if they would have translated it separate. That's what this book is about, separateness. God's people must be separate, distinct, and unique, in that they they commit themselves Details of God's instructions in sharp contrast to the rest of the world who are not interested in doing so. And you remember then that uh, in addition to that concept of holiness that's reiterated throughout the book, there's also the concept of blood, forms of this word used at least 80 times. And uh, you remember the statement that uh, blood? is necessary for atonement. That's a fundamental concept or principle that is congruent
1: with the mind of deity. In the past, which is completely absent from the cloud. So
0: the concept of being holy is illustrated throughout the book, just in great detail Eleven, verse forty-four, would be one of several verses that make that same statement over and over and over. You behold. and reconnoiter it examine land conditions and then return in order to uh, give their report to the nation they they remain gone over a month and they return stand before the nation and uh, ten of the twelve well all twelve of them say this land is everything God said they use the Hebrew idiom idiomatic expression, a land that flows with milk and honey. Uh, they said it's everything God's easily
1: sustained on. with a new Members, let's bring up the terminology. Three members of the- So, that's it. Everybody but Moses here, you know, Joshua, the few faithful, step over here. I'm going to put him in this whole
0: bunch, and we're going to start all of your game. Once again, Moses pleaded with God, please don't do this. Now, don't blame the whole country, the whole nation, because of the few ringleaders. But notice that we're all responsible for being influenced. can tell the entire population get away from those three men and all in their family that would side with them. Get away from their homes, their tents, their possession. Get away from them. And so Moses goes back to announce that and I can just see the people, you know, kind of, you know, and they kind of maybe they turned a little bit and kind of, you know, started kind of moving away, like, right? you know, maybe and then all of a sudden the ground started vibrating. And fissures started you know, some sort of seismic activity miraculously instigated by God and before it was over with enough of the earth had opened up that those three fellows with their tents their possessions and their families had literally gone down uh, beneath the surface of the earth swallowed them up there were 250 leading I guess you could call them princes of Israel that had sided with those three men God sent fire down out of the atmosphere, just like He had done in Leviticus 10, and burned all 250 up to death on the spot.
2: This is
0: astounding that the God of the Bible would do such a thing. You know what's really astounding? If you were to take a piece of paper and draw two parallel lines, and to the left of the first line uh, put Egypt, That's when they were in Egypt. And then that first line is the Red Sea. The second line is the Jordan River, and to the right of that line is Canaan, the promised land. And then draw a line underneath all that and go below it, draw two more lines, and notice that Egypt for us is when we are in the bondage of sin. We pass through the Red Sea, that is, water immersion. Because remember, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 that the Israelites were baptized into Moses when they passed through the Red Sea. And therefore, the Jordan River for us is death. We have a lot of songs in our songbooks that play off that motif. I don't have to cross Jordan. On Jordan's stormy banks, i stand and cast a wishful eye over into the eternal river. So that's death at which point we can enter into the eternal realm. of they well, what's in between? Well, for them, it was wandering for 40 years, desert meandering because of their rebellion against God. Well, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen called that group of people in that period the church in the wilderness. This is our period of preparation, having left the world, In anticipation of eternity in heaven, we are living life as Christians in the church. There is no better place in all the Bible to get a good portrait of what that's like than the book of Numbers. The question is, are we members of the church just like those people? great book to study in order to remind yourself on a regular basis, oh, I don't want to do that, I don't want to go with that group, I don't want to make that mistake. They made them one after another. That was chapter 16. You see others come to chapter 21 where at this point they're traveling in a particular part of that Sinai Peninsula that's particularly rugged, it's arid, it's hot, it's uh, harsh, difficult traveling. And notice verse 4, chapter 21, numbers the, uh, the soul of the people becomes discouraged. And you can understand that. Uh, life is discouraging. Think of all the things that happen in your life, physical and emotional, uh, that are downers, that are discouraging to us. And that's not sinful. Nowhere does the Bible teach that you're, you know, to be upbeat and carrying a bumper sticker, smile if you love Jesus or whatever all the time. We we all go through uh, difficulties, ups and downs. It's even hardwired into us because we have emotions and hormones and everything. No problem there. The question is, what do you do with it? What do you do with your discouragement? And most of the time, we will blame. And uh, that's clearly what they did. They blamed essentially God and they blamed their leaders. And said, you know, you're the, you're the cause of us being out here in this rugged, harsh, hot condition. Well, in that chapter, God sent poisonous, venomous snakes in among the population. And people began to be bitten and die. And only when they finally had enough of that did they cry out to Moses and say, Please intercede to God on our behalf. We're sorry. Which he did. But notice God did not take away the snakes. But he did give them an antidote to snake bite. He told Moses to erect a bronze pole with a bronze snake wrapped around it and he gave the specific location in the encampment where it was to be erected. And then instructions were given to the whole population. anyone bit can go to that location, look upon that object, And God will miraculously heal them, heal you of your snake bite wound. Isn't that interesting that John used that event in chapter 3 of his book to say, that foreshadowed Jesus, who also was placed on a pole, to whom we must look in order to be relieved of our sin bites. That's proof of inspiration to weave all of this throughout hundreds of years of human history. Well, when you come toward the end of the book, the second census is uh, taken. And if you were to take uh, your Bible and and lay the two pages down that show the first census and compare it with the second census, unbelievable changes have come over the complexion of the tribal groups. Uh, Essentially, what uh, God predicted had taken place. Uh, The older generation, the mamas and daddies and grandparents that had rebelled against him had died off. Uh, When you move into the book of Deuteronomy, Miriam is dead, uh, Aaron is dead, Moses is very aged. Deuteronomy uh, will be where we'll need to uh, pick up next time. Uh, Here is the book that's designed to tell the nation, <clears throat> how to be successful as a nation. National success is the theme of that book in preparation for going into the promised land, establishing their national existence with the intention of perpetuating it indefinitely often in the future. They could have done that. America could do that if Americans would follow the simple principles that are given in that book. So in our next session together, we'll take a look at those principles. Notice that Romans 15, four says, whatever things are written aforetime were written for our learning. And he's talking about the Old Testament. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Even when you read very harsh moments in Bible history where people are dealt with firmly, Are you not comforted by that? It's not God's intention to uh, make us unhappy. This, This is all good for our souls. It nurtures our spirits. It gives us hope. We, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. It gives us hope that, okay, we can learn from these mistakes, we can avoid making these mistakes, and we can get through this life and be allowed to enter in to the promised land. You have to obey the gospel to do that through faith, repentance, confession, and baptism. Don't you find it incredibly tragic? that There are many good people all around us, good people, uh, that consider themselves Christians and yet they've never even obeyed the gospel, they've never even contacted the blood of Christ the way the Bible tells you to do that. That's unbelievably tragic. And Once we then enter into the kingdom, we have got to be good citizens of that kingdom and live life in such a way that God will accept us into eternity. Constantly encourage one another, urge each other to do right, and never be guilty of rebelling against God. If you need to obey the teaching of our God today, we urge you to do that as we stand and sing. When
2: we walk with the Lord in the light of Our way, while we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy. to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, but His smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sign nor a tear, Can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then, in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet. I will walk by His side in the way What He says we will do Where He says we will go Never fear, only trust and obey Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus trust and obey. Please be seated. If you have not had the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared for you. As we sing this next song, if you'll make your way up to the front, you will be served. Turn with me to 393. 393. Oft we come together, oft we sing and pray, here we bring the offering all this holy day. given by the Turn with me to uh, 637, 637. Hey, we appreciate that lesson very much. You uh, pique our interest every time you come to the pulpit here with the stories of the Bible and and the practical applications that you draw from it, and we appreciate that very much. (coughs) Let's all stand as we sing uh, this song, and we'll be led in prayer. The way that he loves is as fair as a day that blesses my way with light. The way that he loves is as soft as a breeze caressing the trees at night. Precious is he contented with Jesus. I'll be the way that he loves is so thrilling because his love reaches. The way that he loves is as deep as the sea. His spirit shall be my stay. The way that he loves is as pure as a rose.